0: Today, we are talking to a director that has his finger on the pulse of the L.A. indie music world, and he is about to release his first feature film, which we are going to hear about today on On the Fly Filmmaking.
1: Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and
0: interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Hey, everyone. I am your host today for On the Fly Filmmaking, Mary Lou Mandel. This is the show where we learn about filmmaking from the people who are out there making it happen. Thank you for joining me today. I have director Michael Grodner. Grodner, from- Grodner, Grodner, Grodner. Yeah. I like wrote it down phonetically. <laughs> Grodner. I apologize. Grodner. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, he is about to release his film The Icarus Line Must Die. We're going to talk about your career, this movie and any advice that you have for, for, for filmmakers out there. All right. Well, cool. are you excited for it?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you
0: seem like an excited guy. I'll get excited. Yeah, you'll get excited. I talk, talk
1: about my movie, I'll
0: get excited. Gotcha, cool. Okay. So uh I'm Mary Lou Mandel. You can find me all over the internet at Mary Lou Mandel. If you are interested in watching the video version of these episodes of On the Fly Filmmaking, you can watch it on YouTube at the Popcorn Talk. And if you prefer the audio version, you can download the podcast on iTunes. All right, Michael, let everyone know where they can find you on social media.
1: Uh, Well, The Icarus Line Must Die is on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, The Icarus Line Must Die, cryptically titled. Uh, We have, um, and on, on Twitter, we're at The Icarus Line Movie. Cool. There you go. Yeah,
0: easy. Easy, easy, easy. And then you also have some other projects that have social media. There's Dirty Laundry TV.
1: Dirty Laundry TV, Twitter, Dirty Laundry TV, Instagram, Dirty Laundry TV, Facebook.
0: Fantastic. Cool. I want to know about how you got into filmmaking. So you did go to the USC film school. But what got you to apply to film school?
1: I, you know, just from, you know, I'm one of those rare people that literally like when they're like three years old knew what they wanted to do.
0: That's awesome.
1: Uh so yeah, I always wanted to make films. And uh and and so it was only natural that I would apply to film schools and I'm from Queens, New York. So um coming out to LA and coming out to Hollywood, yeah, it's, it's a it's another world entirely. So yeah, I went to film school at USC as an undergrad and majored in film there. And um And that's kind of got me started. Right on. Yeah.
0: Cool. So uh, a lot of our audience asks about film school and if that's something that they need to do and something it isn't. Our guests are kind of like split down the middle. I feel like half do and half don't. What do you see are the pros and cons of actually going to film school?
1: Well, I mean, I'm assuming that every film school is different. But USC was, I mean, the good things about going to USC for me was amazing access at the time that we had to films and filmmakers so there's always screenings of films either new films or old films you know you know Rashomon is playing one day and the next day you're going to see like a film that's just coming out and the filmmaker's there you know and and he's talking about it uh so that's cool and that was a great thing about USC that maybe if you go to you know I don't know you go to film school in like Hoboken or something, maybe you're not gonna get that kind of access. So that was cool, uh, but but I think USC also gave you gives me gave me and um, you know a an opportunity to make films and to you, know, you can say you want to be a filmmaker and and but then you you and you can't make a movie or you can't really tell a story you. And it gave me an opportunity to make films and, and to kind of get judged or or, or viewed by my peers. And, and people say, oh, you know, or to get the feeling like, oh, OK, I can actually do this. So that's a good thing. Um, and then another thing is they give you so sort of the the real basics of filmmaking. I mean, just the real, you know, uh, setting up a shot like master, you know, two shot close up, you know, medium shot shot. Um, you know crossing the stage line just real basics which is important you know you got to learn that somewhere you know and then uh and then I, I came out of school really as a writer and and i had some great uh it was great writing classes there and it, again it gives you the basics of like three act structure and and how to write a screenplay and how to structure a screenplay which kind of carried and you know, i brought with me you know into this film and so I think that's great. There are cons, too. you know. Maybe you can actually get all that stuff out of a book. Or maybe you can get all that stuff out of a, out, off YouTube now. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was good at the time. Right. It seemed like a good idea good. at the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I know, I know that it, it is, from the people who have gone, they're like, it was a good decision because I got my film foundations, I got my network, and I was exposed to a lot of things that you didn't have to seek out. Right. Yeah. 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 But then once you're, if you don't go to film school, you can get exposed to these things and learn these things, but you, you have to work a little bit harder. So it just kind of depends on your approach and how you best learn. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So then you, uh, out, now that you're out of college, what got you into, um, music videos?
1: Okay. So yeah, like I said, I, I, I kind of came out as a writer mm-hmm. And uh, was writing in television for a while and uh, <clears throat> realized that, and, and and producing in TV and, and realized that that wasn't necessarily, you know, that's not what I'm, you know, yeah. what I meant to kind of wanted to do when mm-hmm. I decided to come out to California. So uh, I I always have loved music and uh, music videos are just a cool, at the time they were like, you know, seemed like a good uh, way to you know do stuff and and in a and and also uh, it's it's an accessible thing. So whereas you know you can on a on a pretty low budget you can make things and do things and 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 you know you don't need you know the powers that be to say you know here's a hundred thousand dollars go make something yeah you know, you can actually go and do it on your own. So that's how I kind of got started you know contacting bands and say hey can i make a music video for you i'll pay for it and and that how i you know so i did my first music video and from there made you know several others so and then working with bands was cool and i you know, like i said i i've always dug music re- really into music so that was seemed like a good fit and, and enjoyed it uh so uh yeah
0: good okay so on your vimeo page there is a directing reel of yours so we can play a little bit of that and and chat about what these projects are as it plays right and if you go to his uh, vimeo page you can see all sorts of different ones i love this like time lapse of downtown la yeah so what is this project with the, the angel wings?
1: Yeah, that's a music video I did for a band called The Human Abstract. Uh, that's an actor by the name of Robbie Zabrecki, who actually uh, is a musician himself, but he's also an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is for a, vi- a video I did for a band called Planes Mistaken for Stars.
0: Yeah, I see you have a tone, like a dark.
1: I like black and cool white. And, yeah, it's yeah. very fun. And that's a band, Black Kites, and this is a, band, a music video I did for a band called Brazil. It's like the second music video I ever did.
0: Now, are we you, shot all
1: this in downtown LA. Are you? Do you, you shoot most
0: of this, or do you have a cinematographer you work with? Oh, I have c- DPs,
1: yeah. Okay. Cinematographers, I, I, I don't shoot. I mean, you know, I might have a camera and, and be like an extra camera on mm-hmm. set, but um, yeah.
0: I think that's a really great way to work as a director because a lot of the projects that I've worked on I just have to do everything. Okay. And but when yeah. I do get to have a, a cinematographer with oh, me, yeah. I'm just like this is rad. Let oh. people do the things they're good at. Well, you're
1: a sh- you shoot. You, yeah. you have a you you shoot, you know, you shoot kind of pictures stills, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: I do photos and video, yeah. but uh, well, it's good to
1: have people mm-hmm. working with you that are really good at what yes. they do. You know? Yeah, I
0: feel solid with my photography skills, but when it gets to video, it's, I'm still a little insecure about it. Mm-hmm. Because I've worked with that, people who right. really sink their teeth into this. Right, right. So it just looks like you, you have really good vision.
1: Thank you. 2020.
0: And what happens with this? Uh, so you get a song, and do you come up with a treatment, or you're collaborating with the musicians?
1: Well, yeah, it, it all is... Um... It depends you know sometimes you'll get a song and you'll write a treatment and uh and you send it in, and the band uh you know says wait, 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 what are you sending me this? This is nothing like what I wanted to do, but sometimes you get lucky and you kind of thread the needle and you're like and they're like, yeah, this is good, let's do this one so that's good, but uh, I find um what's cool and what I like to do is when you kind of collaborate with a band. So maybe they bring you on because they like your work and they say, hey, you know, this is what we're looking to do. Can you work with us on this? And that I think that's probably the, the more successful projects that I've worked on uh, as far as music videos go.
0: It's when they come to you with some kind yeah, of a concept. Yeah, 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 And they're bringing you on to execute right, this vision. Right. Great. I love that. And then from this, is that what led into Dirty Laundry TVs? Because you were connecting with all these musicians, right?
1: Yeah. Well, so yeah, I, I stopped doing music videos like oh, maybe nine, ten years ago mm-hmm. for a while because I, I you know, the music industry had sort of kind of fallen off a cliff then, and um, or it was had already fallen off the cliff, and also the music video, video budgets were like ridiculously low, mm-hmm. and I, you know it was it just became so much work to do a music video and with very little money and like you know a cast and a big crew and it was like I I'm I'm exhausted yeah so uh but but what happened is um I was I wanted to develop a, and create do a feature so there was um um so but so what I said was I you know I optioned a book and I said. Okay, I'm going to put all my effort into making this movie. And it was going to be like a couple million dollars. Uh but I want to put all my effort into this uh movie, but I still want to stay tied to the music the music world. So I said to a friend of mine just kind of as a lark. I said, "Hey, what if I did um what if I did an interview show in a laundromat and we interviewed bands and called it Dirty Laundry?"
0: What a fun concept.
1: Yeah, and he said, "You should do that." And I'm like, "Hmm." And it was like um you know, it seemed like, well, it's not too... It's kind of low impact. It's not, you know, I could get a cameraman, get a sound person, contact bands who I've started making relationships with through the music videos, and like, yeah, well, why, well what the hell? Mm-hmm. Why don't we try doing this? So, yeah, and, and in a way, it was kind of done as sort of like a fun thing on the side, but then it kind of, you know, blossomed into something bigger than that. Right. You know, we done done, oh, like, over 200 bands, and... Yeah, uh,
0: and then you're, like, really... Like in that industry where like you're known as the guy who interviews the band.
1: Right. Yeah. I personally don't interview them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have hosts, but yeah, I mean, it 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 got me involved more heavily, say, in the sort of L.A. music scene in general, because, you know, although we do interview bands from all over, say, the world um who maybe come into town and are touring and are like need to do their laundry and and you know they stop off in the laundromat and we interview them um was
0: there a specific laundromat that you were using well there you was had deal with? yeah yeah
1: and so well we're not necessarily a deal but oh. know, we commit, i don't know maybe we give them like i don't think give them like 20 bucks a, a shot you know every time we came in um pretty good deal uh but uh yeah uh yeah, I forgot what the question was. Oh, but, okay, yeah. so
0: it was just if you had, like, a specific oh, yeah. laundromat. But yeah, then... there,
1: there was, and then that closed down. You know, you do something over the course of nine nine years or That's so. That's a like long time on change. one project.
0: That's great. Yeah,
1: the, the, like, the laundromat, you know, went out of business, and we had to find a new one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And... Anyway, so fir- doing your first laundromat over... was, 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 was a really great. good one. That was the one. Yeah.
0: So then, now that, like, I know this one is over nine years, What what did you find you learned over the nine years that how it changed from like if you looked at the first episode and then the most recent one?
1: <laughs> I think, um, well, we sort of developed a style at the beginning and uh, which was a very sort of lo-fi sort of like uh, you know, lo-fi aesthetic and we kept that going throughout. So uh, I don't think the show really developed stylistically okay. over the years. <laughs> I mean, we had like few different hosts we had this girl malia james who who co-hosted it who uh was there for i think two years and then carrie k hosted it and she was there for a long time she still does it although people's lives change too over the course of nine years you know she became a school teacher she's pregnant now you know right things change and then we've lately we've had colleen green Who is a a, a musician? All of them are music. All the people who host are are musicians. Mm -hmm. Uh, But so yeah,
0: right on. And then from there, that's how you met the the guy from the Icarus Line.
1: Yes. So I was aware of the Icarus Line. um, You know, when I was doing music videos, uh, aware of the band. Uh, They were tied to a, uh, a a website called Buddyhead, which is a very popular website back in like the early 2000s it was like you know everybody always checked out Buddyhead to see what like they were saying you know talking shit on their gossip page and it was like you know that was like a kind of a punk rock uh website so joe and travis travis's main guy at buddy were, were best buddies and and the icarus line and they're sort of the Icarus Line's career, in a sense, took off as, alongside Buddyhead. So, the Icarus Line signed to this major label, Virgin Records. They were one of the last bands, if not the last band, to sign to Virgin, and they toured with the Strokes and they toured the world. and And uh, they were kind of like the bad boys of rock and roll, you know, bad behavior, just, just you know. They, they were like, you know, Iggy and the Stooges. Right. They were then. They were trouble. They were they living were the, the punk rock life. Um, so so then a few years later, you know, the Icarus Line still, still was going. And we interviewed Joe in the laundromat. And then um, that went well. And then we did a sort of a quasi-cribs episode uh-huh. where we visited Joe in his studio. And then uh, we, and he was great. And uh, Joe and I continued talking we always talked about wanting to work together doing something we didn't know what but we talked and about that and and i joe brought me into uh his studio to listen to his you know new record that has yet to be has yet had yet to be released at the time and it sounded amazing and he we also talked about ideas about promoting or how to how to work some kind of filmmaking in involved in the promotion of that record um and uh and then, so that's how I got to know Joe. And then this film came about. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Totally. Here, but it's okay. Um, if it's okay with you. Yeah, it makes um, sense to me. Cool. But so how this film came about was, remember that movie that I was trying to get done? Mm-hmm. Well, there was that movie and raising money for it. And we had a cast and attached. And we had um, you know, amazing crew. We couldn't raise the... $4 million dollars to get it done then there was another movie after that again cast it uh we had the money coming in from Atlanta you know that was you know they had it they're ready to go you know they come out to Atlanta check us out and that 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 funding fell through so after two movies where the funding fell through I said I, I gotta make a movie and I, I I can't wait around for somebody to give me money so uh so I said, L- you know what? I've always loved these movies from the Lower East Side, from the from the late 70s, early 80s, these no-wave pictures. And I guess Jim Jarmusch is the biggest director who kind of came out of that period of time. But there's a director, Amos Poe, who made a movie called The Foreigner. There's a movie called Blank Generation, which, um, yeah. So so I, I always loved those movies. And what was cool about those movies is they were shot downtown New York on the street, most of the actors were friends of the people in working in it they maybe they're musicians maybe they're punks maybe they're other filmmakers terrible acting just <laughs> god awful you couldn't you couldn't get worse acting you got tried but that was okay right. it's part of the aesthetic mm-hmm. of this movie of this of this kind of these films um so i thought well I, I love that aesthetic, and I love the, I love a kind of a punk rock movie, and I haven't seen a punk rock movie in a long time. It's been a long
0: time. Yeah,
1: and and I thought, well, look, they didn't have money to make a movie, but they went out and did it. And I thought, I know a lot of people in sort of the L.A. sort of indie music scene. Uh, I know Joe, and I thought Joe would be a great subject for this picture because I think he's he's an incredibly charismatic frontman for his band, um, and, uh, you know, he's kind of an interesting story. He's, 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 a he, you know, he's got great integrity and he's, and he's a hustler. And, um, I thought, well, that's a cool idea. And he's, you know, he had this band that was in the early 2000s. We're like, you know, they were the shit, you know, they were like touring the world. And then, uh, you know, 15 years later, He's about to, you know, he's a young guy then. Fifteen years later, he's about to turn 36. He's about to get married. And he's got, like, a house. And he's got the studio. But he still has the Icarus line. And it's like, and it, members have changed. And he's trying to make things work. But it's tough because the, the whole environment, the music environment, especially for punk or rock. It's it's different. It wasn't like it was back then. They're not throwing money at you anymore. Mm-hmm. So how do you do it? How do you keep going? You know, how do, how do you keep going as an artist trying to do what you want to do, but like put food on the table and like grow up, you know? Um, so I thought that's a cool idea for a movie. And Joe, so I pitched it to Joe and he dug it because he had this album that had just come out. Um, and um, And, you know, he thought, Yeah, yeah, let's let's go for it. So, uh, so yeah, that's what we did. So I pitched it to him. He thought it was good, and then we said, "All right, let's. How do how are we going to do this? Let's bring people we know into the movie. Let's make this. Let's make a punk rock movie.
0: This is a punk rock movie. Awesome. So let's check out the trailer for the Icarus Line Must Die." Awesome! If you guys uh, want to check out that trailer, if you're listening on podcasts, you can find that on YouTube. Uh, the Icarus Line Must Die trailer. So that's going to premiere June 20th at the Regent. Yes, in downtown LA, which is awesome because you filmed it downtown LA. Yeah,
1: know? no, very it, yes, absolutely. Um, funny enough, um, we 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 did have a screening. We you know, we did a film festival thing, and we had a sc- and we we shot the movie. A great deal of it. We did shoot in downtown LA a lot, but we did shoot a great deal of it in Highland Park, and um, which is in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we showed the movie at the Highland Park Independent Film Festival, and the, we shot it, We showed it at the Highland Theater, which I believe the that's the what the sign sign was. is mm-hmm. in that, which is cool. And uh, and we ended up winning best feature there. I don't know how that happened. Uh-huh. But, At least you uh, didn't have
0: businesses coming up and be like, excuse me, did you shoot yeah. in my location? Oh,
1: boy. Yeah, uh, that wouldn't be good. <laughs>
0: that would be bad. All right. Yeah, that would be bad. Uh, give us a rundown of the synopsis of what this movie is about.
1: Uh, well, the movie is about... Yeah, it's a, it's basically about Joe Cardamone. It, it's all based in fact. so Based every, in fact, yeah. but
0: it is a fiction exactly. movie. yeah. Which I thought was really interesting.
1: Yeah, it's all based in fact uh and And everything that happens in the movie is stuff that has happened to joe uh so you know that's how we collaborated on this kind of screenplay if you want to even call it that i mean it's we we work we did we work with a detailed outline but uh the movie is about it's about this once or or you know kind of notorious punk kind of bad boy who uh you know had this major label success back in the early 2000s 15 years later he still has the band and he's still going and it's how do you keep your relationship together how do you right. keep, how do you keep your band together how do you not lose it entirely like everything and and keep going and keep doing it trying to keep it?
0: this project alive that was from 15 20 years yeah, prior that exactly. was like all big and shiny yeah. and now it just kind of there but
1: it's him, and he you know he's he's an artist yeah and and, and you can't he can't let go he he can't let go and he's continuing to put out great music mm-hmm. you know
0: awesome, so with this, uh, we talked a little bit about the the way that you shot it and you shot it on two five ds
1: well, yeah, we shot it on five ds I mean you know there were times when we shot like perf- performance pieces, you know footage of the film, I mean, we might have had five or six cameras. In the studio, shooting performance, which I think is great and a lot of fun. But, you know, we tried to have um, at least, I tried to have two cameras on the set at all times. Um, sometimes you didn't have the luxury, so we'd had one, but uh, yeah.
0: yeah, that's With and, 5Ds. And that's a really accessible camera, and I feel like a lot of our audience would... Use something like that. So Canon Five D is like a it's a DSLR. Yeah. Uh, what I shoot a lot with is like a lower level of even that one.
1: I really like that camera because it has a that shallow depth of field, mm-hmm. which I really like. We did our DP does own of several vintage lenses which helped a that's lot. That's helped because yeah. this has
0: got a vintage feel to it.
1: Yes. Um, so, yeah, so that's, you know, the that was great. I mean, and that helped. And, yeah, I I mean, I'm happy with the look of it very, mm-hmm. very much so. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about the
0: look. What what made you choose this aesthetic uh, outside of right. it just being inspired by these 70s, 80s it, yeah, punk well, films? Yeah, it's
1: it's inspired by those. But, I mean, it's certainly, um, you know, we we didn't have time to set up first of all I, you yeah know, we, we weren't we never really used a tripod as a matter of fact we want to,
0: <laughs> so we, you were really on the fly
1: yeah we we didn't i mean like we i did shoot a, maybe an establishing shot of like a sign with a tripod and we you know we cut it into the picture and i'm like hey, this is bad let's go back out there and just shoot something that looks terrible mm-hmm. and uh we, with your shaky hands and we did And it was much better because it gives us an energy to it. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, yes, I mean, car shots, car rigs, you know, they're on, yeah, they're secured to the, you know, the car. But, uh, but yeah, uh, we, uh, we, how do we come up with the aesthetic? You know, it's just certainly a product of, you know, the the type of film it is. Uh, You know, there's an energy to this type of aesthetic. It's just an energy that you have that's a very sort of, You know, immediate energy that it feel makes you feel like it's real, you know, and uh, so that that was important. But also, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, um,
0: but using the vintage lenses and choosing black and white, and so it it just makes it really gritty, but like in classic. But accessible. It was just very interesting feel. Right. I'm, well, I mean, cool.
1: I mean, I'm happy yeah. that's the case. Yeah. No. I mean, it's great to have like a timeless feel to it, mm-hmm. which is cool. You know. Um. And uh. You know, it's but it's a matter of a budget too. Yeah. You know. And
0: like it felt like a documentary.
1: Right. It has. Yeah. It has. I mean, it has somewhat of some of a feel of that.
0: Cinematic document. It was very interesting.
1: Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, 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 that's kind of like the kind of the style of mm-hmm. it. It's sort of like this. You know, cinematic. Ver- verite-ish kind of thing. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, but it's a matter of cost, too. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, if you shoot with lights and color, it's, you got to match shots, you've got, you know, it takes a long time to light and to really get it right. And if you want it to look good, I mean, you care about that stuff. Uh, we would, you know, if we shot yeah. it with color and kept in color, you know, and then the cost of doing color correction mm-hmm. at the end of the project. So my editor, who was also my producer on it, we were partners on this, he turned to black and white. He says, this this is the way to go. And I'm like, you know, yeah, yeah, you're right. Because we shot it in color.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then made it black and white in yeah. post. Uh, if you're comfortable, could you share the budget for the film? Um, you totally don't have to if you don't want to. But Yeah, you- I, I I mean... It's you know we we don't
1: even I mean yeah. it's very low. It's low. Yeah,
0: yeah, but it's, it's like it's great. It's so probably
1: it's very less than fifty thousand dollars.
0: Okay, and you finished a movie and it's getting out there.
1: Yeah,
0: and uh, so other things that you had to do on set that were on the fly. So it sounds like like people are doing double duty. You're using actors that are musicians as well.
1: Right. Yeah. Well. Okay. So. Um. Yeah. The uh, most of the actors in the picture are musicians. Uh, so everybody, and most of the people are actually playing themselves. A couple of people aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, for instance, like Ariel Pink's in the movie, and he's not playing himself, but he's playing a, a, a sort of a, a, an amalgamation of members of the Icarus line. Mm-hmm. Uh, one member. Um, and, uh, but everybody's, even even, okay, some musicians are playing musicians, but even like for instance, Joe's wife plays Joe's wife in the movie but she she's not a musician in the film, but she was in a band called The Like back in mm-hmm. like I guess the early 2000s she was signed they were signed by Geffen um and uh and and there's a kind of an angel of death character in this movie and it's, it's kind of a dream sequence, and he's it's played by Raphael Reyes who is uh who's in a band called Prayers it's a current band that also just signed to a major label and he's not a musician in the movie but so yeah we cast musicians Keith Morris is in the movie who's a sort of a, a punk icon mm-hmm. from the LA world I mean he's the lead singer the original lead singer of uh Black Flag and he was a lead singer of Circle Jerks and and then he's in a current, currently in a band called Off so yeah we kind of pooled our resources
0: right you pulled from your your network already yeah and i'm sure a lot of those people that you interviewed on dirty laundry
1: yeah we interviewed keith on dirty laundry we interviewed and is Ariel that what on dirty made laundry? that
0: initial connection with them
1: well joe joe very much so i mean his studio is in a way kind of like an epicenter of oh. of stuff that's going on i mean he's been around you know for several years so you know, we have mutual kind of contacts, but he also has a lot of, of contacts. So he brought in a lot of people, and people have a lot of respect for him, and they trust him, so that was helpful.
0: Good. Yeah. And so that pulling from there, and, you, like, his resources, your resources, you got your cast. Where did you pull the crew from?
1: Okay, so uh, Jacob, who shot the picture, was someone I had known. I think I shot something with him in the past, um so yeah he was my dp um but but you know we (laughs) and and we had a lot of camera people on it so it was like friends of jacob so Mm -hmm. and 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 the sound sound guys were like you know putting out an ad and mandy or something Uh like that oh my gosh mandy (laughs) yeah and and um um but like editors were like uh oh yeah we had a lot of editors too Mm -hmm. um and the guy who finished the movie is a guy named seth burke who did a great job and i met him through a friend of mine a guy who actually had edited and shot a music video of mine so yeah i mean it's a combo of like connections people you knew and we work with but it's also i mean we you know we weren't paying top dollar for right. this, you know
0: you're just trying to get people who want to be like on board yeah and who
1: the- can be there and and donate their time to it i mean we you know, paid everybody mm-hmm. um, as far as the crew is concerned. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're working for very little. But I think, you know, hope that they thought it was a cool project to, right. to work on. What
0: did the production timeline look like for this?
1: Um, I, I would say it was fairly, I mean, as far as like you know, 20, 20 some odd days. I mean, it was, but we didn't shoot uh, long hours because we weren't paying people, you know, I. Right. Usual What would a shoot day look like? So it it depends because sometimes, let's say, you know, we shot also around Joe's schedule. So Joe is maybe working in the studio so he could give us maybe – and Joe's in probably most of the scenes. uh, Maybe he could work for three hours. So we'd shoot three hours that day or we'd shoot – I mean, five hours is probably the most we ever shot. Okay. Um, And, um, yeah, so – So yeah, three five hour, maybe three hour day, a five hour day. You know, we didn't work weekends, uh, some nights, but it wasn't. It wasn't. We didn't kill anybody (laughs) on the shoot. You know. So when
0: you when did you start shooting this project?
1: This we actually shot this. We started August 2015.
0: Okay, so not yeah. too long because if, if you you're just getting it out now. Yeah. So you shot over a few years and then. You, yeah. Well, we shot. shot and ended. We shot
1: all. Pretty much, we shot it all in one chunk. Mm-hmm. We did pickups. Maybe we did two pickup scenes, like maybe a year later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the editing process took a while because we had a lot of different editors. My, uh, like I said, my partner on the picture is a guy named Josh Crockett. He's a great editor. I've known him for years as an editor, and then he's also a director now. But um, he uh, he w- was cutting it, and then he, uh, uh, you know, he had to, got hired on a TV show. So I like, okay, where do I go now? We had a post supervisor. I'm like, okay, Eric, can you cut some stuff? He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll cut some stuff. And then, I mean, you know, handing scenes to like various people that I know. I'm like, hey, Scott, who shot, cut some music videos for me. Can you cut this performance scene? And then so, and then I had another guy that I worked on a TV show with. I say, I need this scene cut. Uh, a scene between Joe and his wife that we're kind of stuck with. So I had, like, you know, we had different editors working on different scenes, and we finally kind of put it all together and looked at the the cut. It wasn't the final cut. And I'm like, oh, God, we got a lot of work Ooh, to do. Yeah, because um, you
0: had how many editors at that point?
1: Um, uh, at I least heard maybe five, four or five. Four or five, f- four or five okay. at that point. And then we went through two sort of, like, I had, okay, we went through th- – <laughs> You know, it's in the, this is like micro budget filmmaking. We went through like, I went through one editor who's like, who was going to be my closer. And uh, he ended up having to leave the shoot for whatever reason. Um, Had another guy who was going to be my closer. He also maybe worked on it for a month. And then I finally had the final guy who we worked on it for like two months together. We just, you know, kind of banged it out together. You know, I did much of the heavy lifting. But I do have to say that everybody who worked on the movie added something and added some perspective that helped create and what we ended up with.
0: Yeah. I, I like the idea of that, especially if you're in micro-budget or you're like low-budget, where you, you do have to jump around to people. Because if yeah. they get a job, yeah. you can't stop them from taking a bigger job.
1: Yeah. No, you yeah. you
0: have to. And you want to support the people that you're working well, with as you, well. What, how you, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you, you, you going to do? do? Chain
1: him to your, his chair? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you guys.
0: So that's kind of neat because you end up with this even bigger collaborative challenge. Yeah. That, as a director, you kind of have to mold a little bit more. So, uh, from working like with your music videos, you, I would assume you have one editor for that.
1: Yeah, well, for like per music video, per music video,
0: and then doing this film where you had multiple editors. Yeah. How what what did you have to do differently outside of just coordinating people's time and efforts?
1: Um. You know, it's it's interesting working with editors, um, you know, I'm used to working, at, say, in television where I'm producing something and I'm, like, literally in the room with the editor and they're, you know, they're doing the work, but I'm there saying, try this, you know, slip it back a couple of frames here. Um, and this, you know, I had to sort of give, uh, give scenes to people and I couldn't be there with them, you know, it's kind of working remotely. Um, which was tough, but I mean, like a guy like say Josh, who I trust, you know, I always loved what he would do. And then I would, you know, I'd give him notes on or whatever, and he'd kind of address them. But, um, so, so yeah, music videos, you know, also, you know, you're working very closely and now working with, uh, the final editor, Seth, you know, I was working with him together and that was great. So it was you know you kind of get out of your comfort zone in a sense of giving i have friends of mine who make movies big movies and i tell them this is how i'm working like i'm i haven't you know maybe i haven't met my editor and that's not true but i mean i give it and they're like are you kidding me we sit with our editors like like 20 hours mm-hmm. a day for months you know and get you know every every director is different though i mean some directors say here's my here's the footage go cut something i'll come back in a couple of months right um
0: We've heard it both ways because we've had some editors come on our our show and that talking about how their directors work with them. And and the ones that have worked with their director for multiple movies now have developed this shorthand where they'll give it to them and say, hey, you do what you need to do. Come back and show me. Right. Or they'll be editing as the movie's filming and they can kind of check on things as it's going.
1: Right. Um, Yeah, no, this was interesting. I mean... Yeah. I mean, an interesting thing for me in this movie is not editing and I'm bringing this up without mm-hmm. a- getting questions about it, but just That's okay. b- Let's talk about came it. to my mind because, again, it's like when you are working on a super low budget like this and you have a, you're used to doing it a certain way, you kind of a, have this sort of like comfort zone that you're in. And, and doing this was completely out of my comfort zone. I always, you know, storyboarded all my music videos. Everything I did, even if it was a performance video, I would storyboard it. I knew exactly, you know, what client, close up, profile, this or that. This one, I didn't storyboard it at all. And we just showed up on the set. I mean, some days I didn't know where you know, set. We showed up on the wherever we were shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I didn't know where I was going to set up the camera. What where, you know, hadn't seen maybe hadn't seen the place. And that was kind of interesting cuz you know in the past i would be, i mean i'd have like nightmares where i'd wake up like i'd be in a dream or something i'd be on a set without my storyboard pad but here i like didn't even couldn't do it but it was great i loved i loved shooting without storyboards and just sort of like kind of Making
0: up on the fly, on the fly. Yeah, yeah that, that's I, a lot of projects that I have done because uh, I'll, I'll shoot like sizzle reels, or it's like here's an event, get coverage of it, right? And you don't know what the story is, yeah, so yeah. you're just kind of like, all right, this kind of looks cool. Okay, okay, Kate, okay, let's try this. Yeah. So it's really neat because I've I've done both sides too, where I like I had a storyboard, I had a script, we had like a shot list and all of this, and yeah. then they're both fun, but I think I enjoy the like the legit on the fly run and gun. Let's yeah. see what we can get. Stand there and be cute. Say, say say these lines. Okay, let's go.
1: Right, it was it was fun, and it was I. You know what? I'm I was I'm happy with the way things turned out. Do using utilizing that style. On the other hand, it is nice. Like, oh, I have a good budget. I could plan this out. Yeah. I could know exactly what I'm doing. You know, I don't have to really be too stressed right i don't know they're i, I, I feel be like stressed. they're
0: like parties right so if yeah. you have a party and you, you got like no money and you're like everybody just bring whatever booze you've got left over and like we'll make a microwave pizza and you know we're yeah. going to play some music off of like the computer and it's going to be great but then yeah. you can have a party where you can get a band and you can get it catered and True. it's just both are fun but in yeah. different ways
1: yeah this this you know uh, for me i'm i'm happy with the end result of Good. what we came up with with this particular style,
0: good, and now you get to share it with the world. So yes. this one, you had told me before we started that you had a mission, like you, you knew that you one day wanted to have a movie that had a theatrical release. And right. So now you have that. Yes. How did you go about getting that?
1: Okay. So yeah, it was very important that you know you get a th- I get a theatrical release, even though like people don't go to movies anymore mm-hmm. in the theaters. Right. Because um, with
0: with online right now, people it's very easy to just say oh, I'll just post it on the internet somewhere right? but you wanted this yeah. other experience. I,
1: I, I, yeah, I yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I'm I'm a purist. I'm a huge big film fan and I love going to the theater to see a movie. I think it's a you know different experience than seeing it at home and especially like anyhow. Any I if I'm going to make a movie and you know, sure, you can release it online and and uh, maybe on Netflix and and you know, it's enjoyable and people. I don't know. It's I wanted not to, the
0: same as on a screen. Yeah, I mean, you
1: know, it's like I worked for, for a long time in this industry and and to get to this point to make a film, like yeah, I want to make it. And I want congratulations to in, and in a theater.
0: So, what steps did you have to go about in order to okay. accomplish? Yes, this?
1: why don't I answer your question instead of going on? It's Okay,
0: on. that's what I'm here for.
1: <laughs> um. So, uh, we. Yeah. I mean, there are lots of different routes, okay? So you kind su- of you, – you submit to the festivals, right? You want to get into Sundance. You want to get into South by Southwest. You want to get into Cannes or wherever you want to get into. And then, you know, and then you sell it there and, like, all the – you know, the big studios see it and they give you a lot of money and they, you got it in theaters. And then, you know, sometimes you don't get into Sundance. So you kind of like, okay, we got into – we got into we got in film festivals. We won an award – um and then i guess actually the first film festival i got into was something called Nonplussed fest which is an la film festival that was at this zebulon it was like a club and um i put out the word to friends of mine who in in the in the film industry i said hey um got this festival um i had i had also hired a publicist on my own so he um and he was able to get the film into IndieWire, which was, you know, sort of a good thing uh, for an indie film. So it kind of got a little exposure there. And then I uh, put out the word to my friends and I said, hey, can you help us? Can you help me, you know, says, send some people here, you know, agents or distribu- distribution types. types." Uh, this woman uh, happened to come to the screening. She was at the screening sitting next to me. I didn't know who she was at the time. Um, her name's Christina Sue, and uh, she she she's at CAA. She and she liked the picture a lot. And she said at the end of the movie, she asked me if I if I was director. I said yeah. She said call me this week, and um and I'll give you some names. I'll help you sort of find a sales agent. So I was like cool. So she gave me a, a few names of sales agents and got in touch with them. And this one guy um, at, a, at a, um, a company called Bridge Independent. His name is Bill Strauss. And he happened to be, the, he happened to produce uh, Straight out of Compton. He saw the movie, really responded to the, my movie. Um, he didn't know, he didn't know this type of music. I mean, he's kind of a hip hop guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, he just dug the movie, you know, without knowing the music and not even necessarily being a fan of the music. He mm-hmm. dug the movie and he said, oh, let me see if I could help you out. Let me see if I help you out get getting into distributor. So we sent it out. And um, and then a company called Dark Star Pictures, a guy named Mike Reps, responded to it really well, and um, we met with him at Amer- American Film Market, uh, and uh, yeah, and he dug it, and he said, yeah, um, let's 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 put it
0: out. Do it, so and now it's like, out there. Yeah. Or it's going to be out there. Yes. So you did uh, the Highland Park Film Festival, which right. was in October. Uh, was it was like last fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I, I think that's what I found online now. Okay. But now it's going to be out in the the Regent Theater on June 20th. And then June 22nd, it will be in another location, right? Yes.
1: It's going to be at the Royal Lemley Royal mm-hmm. Theater in West L.A. Um, it's a cool theater where they show a lot of great indie pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, You definitely can go there to see a lot of great indie stuff. So it's like... On Santa Monica Boulevard, like right off the four or five. If you know, if you're in LA and you know what the hell I'm yeah. talking about, yeah. I
0: feel like I've been there to see a I'm screener sure. of Ghostbusters. Uh, maybe, maybe like years ago, but Ghostbusters. yes. You know, it's okay. like sometimes these theaters, like, they'll play, like, old movies. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, they'll yeah. They'll have, like, a nostalgia night. Right, right. Yeah, which is fun. But yes. yeah, I love all of the old movie theaters in L.A. They, yeah. The, they're
1: so uh, great. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that's an... Uh, an someone, older,
0: older, newer... Just the, It's the, kind of an...
1: Or, I mean, I would say it's a weirdly... I mean, I don't know if it's an actual expression anymore, but like an art house movie theater yes. where they use, you know, they show, they show, like, indie pictures.
0: Right. You know? So now that's out. You guys should definitely check it out. If you live in Los Angeles, if they don't live in LA, they in yeah. July should be able to find it. Yeah, online. on
1: July 10th, it's going to be on. Uh, it's going to be uh, iTunes, Amazon, um, and uh, a bunch of other streaming services, yeah. and and yeah, and yeah, cable. Can, and, good. And, and yeah, and then you know more from there. And it, it is actually okay. So it's it's coming out in LA on June 22nd. And but it's going to probably it's going to be in New York and a few other areas. So, you know, just keep your eye out for it around the country.
0: Yes, absolutely. Check it out. So now I want to wrap up our episode talking about some advice you might have for filmmakers. Right. Because not everybody can say they directed a feature and got it out in the world. Right. But that is a goal that everybody has. So what advice do you have
1: well you say that everybody's advice is just go out and do it?
0: Well, that we do hear that a lot, which I think is fabulous, fabulous advice right. and you did that
1: yeah, I took that advice, yeah, um but um well yeah i mean i guess I guess in a way it's yeah, go out and do it, but you have to sort of think, I mean, you kind of have to come up with the idea or the concept that works for that going mm-hmm. out and doing it you know so I mean, it's look, creating
0: m- a concept within
1: well, well well know what you're like you know like you know i make a civil war movie you know and i have like five thousand dollars you know maybe you don't go out and do that or, or maybe you do and do something amazing but you know May, maybe That's not. you. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Right. But yeah. I think another takeaway from your story is to not give up because you had two features that right. stalled because of budgets. Or
1: give up and have, lead a happy, uh, Go live a happy life. life. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy yourself. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Go, like, have weekends and <laughs> hang out with Just people. Just so you'll
1: be a regular person and have a good life. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, isn't it, like, so uh,
0: enticing sometimes? You're like, I could, but, like, I'd be so unhappy.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is you know, kind of who I am and, you know. Uh yeah, don't give up. I mean, um I mean I I think w- one interesting I mean I guess w- one of the problems was of getting those two movies funded was the fact that I hadn't done a movie. Mm. And it, you know, so it's kind of a catch-22 thing. Um so it's like, you know,
0: you,
1: I guess you can't expect if you haven't done a movie, a feature, you can't expect the rich guy to like say, here's a five thousand five hundred thousand 500,000 dollars you haven't done a movie, but uh, you seem like a good guy, go ahead. Right. You've got you know. some
0: proof of concept. you got to show yeah. that you can do the thing that you say you want to do. Right. Great. So what are some things that people can do outside of making a, a low-budget feature for themselves, like doing music videos?
1: Right. Music videos, I guess, mm. you know, web series, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know.
0: Yeah. Any resources that you have to suggest to people, like whether it's like websites or books that they could check out if they're like not sure about going to film school, or even if they just decided not to, and they're learning on their own,
1: I, you know, I mean, I read, uh, I, I like filmmaker magazine. I think that's a good resource just to sort of, and it kind of gives you an idea of what filmmakers are doing in festivals and whatnot. I mean, there are you know festival websites like uh, uh, what's it called, Freeway F- F- Film Freeway, mm-hmm. and Without a Box, obviously, and. I mean, those are good resources and when you're ready to sort of submit stuff. But I guess do shorts. I mean, make shorts and, and, and you know, submit them and get them out there, you know. I mean, maybe, you know, the, the, guy, the, the rich guy is going to give you money off of your short.
0: Right, because you, you know? just got this film into a festival. And yeah. from that, somebody was watching right. in the audience. And then that took you down this line that you didn't even right. expect. Right. Which is wonderful. So I, I think of, that's I, a great I, way I, to go. I, I expected it. Oh you did again no, no. you manifested it <laughs> he's like this is happening this is happening awesome well, Michael, let everyone know again where they can find your film online uh find information on your right
1: film. well yeah, you should um like us at uh uh the Icarus line must the Icarus line must die at on facebook and then uh our Twitter page, which is at the um the Icarus line movie yeah mm-hmm. um and yeah. Th- that's where you find us and awesome. then know dirty laundry TV anywhere on the I mean, web i'm a I'm kind of doing a little mixing there. I put put the Icarus Line stuff on there too. Oh, good. That's yeah. good. So
0: you can find Icarus Line stuff yeah. on Dirty Laundry TV because yeah. they are like parallel projects. Sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 We're going to say that. We're yeah, going to yeah, say that. Yeah, it's yeah. good marketing. Let everybody know everything. Yes. Good. Awesome. And uh, you guys can check me out all over the internet at Mary Lou Mandel. If you want to see more episodes of On The Fly Filmmaking, we've got playlists on the Popcorn Talk Network channel, also on iTunes under On The Fly Filmmaking. We will catch you next day. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. views expressed herein are those of the host only, not necessarily reflect of the Popcorn Talk Network or its